Goodness. Well, it's good to be back here, and I was here Friday night, and we had a good time, but you know what? I was just sitting there thinking about, Lynn said this is like home, and it is. You know, I really like, I'm going to say like about here. There's many things I like about it, but I love the atmosphere of love. And like in the bathroom and going down the halls, and every place I look, there's something to do with love. And you know, God is love, so it's all about Him. So that's one of the things. And, and you guys, you know, I never hear is grumbling, complaining, backbiting from you guys, gossip. I like that. You know, I don't see people stabbing each other in the back. I really like that. And, you know, it's an honor to stand here where such a mighty man of God stands on a regular basis. And not just him, but his wife as well. Because you know what? Behind every good man, there's a good wife, right? <laughs> now, my man's over few hundred feet from here, but uh, I'm here. You know, one of the last things Bob told me when he's in the hospital was he said, honey, I've taken the body of Christ as far as I can. Now, if you don't take them higher, then my life's been a, fi a failure. And I thought, no pressure, no pressure, <laughs> no pressure. Because, I mean, he was a mighty man of God. And, you know, I know he's still at work today. Oftentimes, uh, you know, he'll... You always say he's up here in the balcony, but I don't know. I'm sure some of you have seen Bob and, you know, in your dream or vision or you just sense, sense his being. And one time he came to me real clear, like right in my face, and this is what he said, you're not listening. How about that? Well, I obviously wasn't listening. <laughs> but usually, and it's just like it, when an angel comes to you, they normally come with a message. And it's important. So we need to take heed, pay attention when, when they show up and, and what they have to say. So, and I like what Lynn said. If you came to see me, oh, hey, aren't I just a baby doll? <laughs> I said the other day, I'm 17 now, so think about that. But uh, you know what? The one song that they sang today, you know, it's, it's just answering, yes, Lord, send me, you know. How many times have anybody else said that, answered that prayer? You know, I was in Alaska, and I remember, you know, saying, Yes, Lord, send me. Well, I was already in Alaska, like as far away from the end of the earth I could get. But you know what? He sent me back here. I was there really in a preparation time to be Bob's wife. And then he sent me back to the Carolinas, and in six months I met Bob. And as the Lord told me, If you give me your friends, I'll give you mine. So, he gave me his friend, Bob Jones, and through Bob Jones, I was able to meet David and Shirley and, and all of you, his friends. So, and I could talk about a lot of things, but I really want to talk about what the Lord has given me recently. And he gave me something really profound this morning, which I want to share with you. And I'm going to do something today that I, I don't think I've ever done, and that was to use visuals. How's that? Because I think maybe it's going to help. So bear with me. But this morning, uh, well, last night, the night before, I had dreams where I was cutting people up and stuffing them in bags. But, you know, like dismembering people. But I think maybe that's because my son was helping me. I think maybe that's what we were doing was... <laughs> 
Sounds, te- sounds terrible. I know. But see, I thought it was demonic, but you know, we've got to cut those things apart, and that's what the Lord is doing getting rid of unholy roots. So that's what I'm going to say. I think that's what we were doing getting rid of unholy roots, but I would have rather slept. Uh, and then this morning, now I sleep, seriously. I, I couldn't do this when, when Bob and I were together, but. But I always sleep with a notepad and a pen in my bed, okay? So when the Lord wakes me, I write down. When I go to bed at night, I have the notepad open to where I left off the day before. So I had my notepad open, my pen, you know, with the ballpoint poking out, you know, ready to write. The Lord gives me something. So at 4 o'clock this morning, he gave me this profound dream. So I sat on the end of the bed, and I wrote it. And went to the bathroom, came back, went to bed, tried to go back to sleep. It was just terrible. Anyhow, when I got up a little bit later and it was light, there was nothing written on that page. Number one, the notepad was turned way to the back of the book, you know, the the notebook. The ballpoint pen was still open, but there was absolutely nothing written on that page. I went through every single page. There was nothing written, and I know I wrote it. You know, you can tell the difference if you're writing or if the pen wasn't, if the ballpoint wasn't out, it would be scratchy. I know I wrote it. It's not there. But So I want to share this dream with you, and partways through the dream, I'm going to have Nathan put a couple pictures up. So in the dream, I'm uh, walking with two of my grandchildren, Lynn's little girls, and I'm going into this city. I have just, listen to this, I started out driving my car across a bridge going across the ocean, but I end up on my feet. So I don't know where my car went. But anyhow, so we're walking into this city, and as I get to like the square of town, I see in a park across the street, a man is hollering. He's in a park, but he's in the back of a Jeep. Do you want to put that first picture, the picture of the man? Where, oh, there we are. James Brown. Now, James, James Brown is, he's on this Jeep. First, he jumped out of the Jeep, and he came back, got on it, kind of on his side, and he was screaming at me and pointing across the street where I am. He's saying, it's starting now, okay? And he startled me, and I thought, what in the world? It's James Brown. I love his hair. Anyhow, so it's James Brown. I thought, what is he talking about? So I turned around and looked at the building behind me and put the second picture up. This is what I see. Now, at the top, it's a government building. And on the top of the building are the Marines that were at Iwo Jima, 1945. And instead of the flag being there, up through the middle of that was this huge fire. Okay? And um, so I see that, and people, some people are running. He took off. He's in the back of the Jeep, and he takes off. And other people are running. I've got these two little girls. I'm like, well, I was on my way home. I'm not sure where I need to go now. But I look, there's fire trucks. There's a big, like, triangle of fire trucks, probably 30 or 40 fire trucks lined up, you know, kind of in a tri- uh, rectangle. All these fire trucks, and they have their fire hoses drawn, but no, no water coming out. See, they were not going to put out that fire. 
the fire, like I said, now it was just the men that I saw. And instead of the flag, up the middle was this fire. See, that was a holy fire of God. All right? Now, like I said, I had that written down, but it wasn't there. But I, it's like etched in my brain. I know what I saw. You, you can take the picture down if you want. I, I started reading a little bit. See, uh, James Brown was called. Uh, how many of you remember James Brown? Papa's got a brand new bag, okay? Okay. He was called the godfather of soul. Soul. Yeah, this is our soul. He was the godfather of soul. And he had a couple other titles, but that was the main one. So you see, and he said, it's starting now. I mean, he was screaming this at me. See, we talk about those seven mountains of God. And the Lord said, in the shepherd's rod this year, the Lord gave me different mountains and what they meant in, in Scripture. I believe, since this was a government building, that this is one of those mountains. See, they weren't going to put that fire out because it's a holy fire. This is a mountain that we have taken. The victory is mine. Where's the song? The victory is mine, right? Victory belongs to the Lord. We, it has begun. Now, here's what's significant. I read about uh, the Marines at Iwo Jima. It was Mount Sarabache. It was on February 19th is when they landed. This is 1945. February 19th. So they landed there on, on that land. And on the 20th is when they started to ascend the hill, okay? And on the 23rd is when they actually planted the flag. All right? So I know there's a lot of talk about two, 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 two. All right? All these twos that are coming. But it was on the 23rd. That's when they planted the flag. Now, that's the day after the 22nd, right? I believe 222 is going to be a significant day. But this is a real crucial time that we're in. And as James Brown was hollering, it has started. So I believe this is, my message for today was this is a day of power. You know that? that that's what the Lord gave me actually yesterday. And so I want to share. Did you like my James Brown? <laughs> you know, God speaks to us in a way that we're going to understand or try to understand, seek Him for the understanding. But today is 2.20, and to me, it's more power because we have the 110, right? And then you get the 2.20, okay? Because in your house, you can do your toaster and your mixer and all these things on 110, but for your, um, let's see, what do we need? The dryer and what else? Refrigerator, yeah, there's stove, all those things. Yeah, they run off of 220. You need more power. So this is a time of power. So Psalms 110, there's your 110. Verse 3, your people shall be volunteers. Do we have any volunteers here? Okay, come on, everybody's hand should be raised. In the day of your power, in the beauty of holiness from the womb of the morning, you have the dew... You have the dew of your youth. Now that's restoration. I, there's been folks who told me I look younger. I like that. <laughs> Not bad for 17. So, but you know what? God is in the restoration business. And he's restoring all things. Okay? I do believe we're in that time of power. And we need to be believing for the dunamis power. 
I think when Don Potter comes, every time I have a dream regarding Don, I remember what Bob said is uh, Dominus, he called him Dominus, and it meant dunamis. And recently I had a dream about Don, and I knew he represented power, okay? So, all right, now I'm going to take you on a little journey of my house. How's that? Um, it, it all ties in, believe it or not. To me, what the Lord showed me is that is the prophet's house because that's where Bob lived. And over in the one corner, which faces our side and the backyard, we had kind of a crack in the wall, okay, when Bob was alive. And we had it patched and painted and what have you. Well, since he's passed, I had carpeting put down. Where his chair was, which is now where my chair is, there was a big crack when they put the carpet down. And the guy said, what do you want me to do about this? I said, oh, I don't know, cover it up. <laughs> what do you do with it? But so what the Lord showed me recently, there's a crack in your foundation. Now, I don't think he's just talking about me. I think my foundation is probably cracked, but it's the church, the body of Christ. There's been a crack in the foundation. Now, Rick Joyner knows about this, so don't laugh too hard. But I had a dream back in December where, where in our bed when Bob was alive, he slept on the side closest to the bathroom, okay? And I slept on the other side. Now I sleep where Bob slept. Okay, it's closer to the bathroom. <laughs> okay, so in this dream, I was having an encounter with the great cloud of witnesses and this voice speaking out of a white light, which I felt was the Lord. Anyhow, but I'm in a dream having this encounter, and all of a sudden I look over, and I'm sleeping on my side, of my original side of the bed. Instead of Bob being there, it was Rick Joyner. And I thought, oh, like, what is he doing in my bed, you know? And, but immediately, he wasn't there anymore. He was sitting on a couch, which I don't have in my bedroom, but he was sitting there. And I got out of the bed and went over to tell him about this experience, okay? Now this is what the Lord showed me. <laughs> Rick, Rick laughed when I told him he's in my bed. But, um, but see, Bob was the prophet and Rick I look as the apostle. And the Lord is saying to me, it's a restoration of the apostle prophet, okay? And it's Ephesians 2.20. I actually have to read a little bit before that 19 Ephesians 2:19 says now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God having been built this is 20 having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone and then it goes on to say then whom we are all built right we are that temple of the Lord but see it's that Ephesians 2:20 2.20 again. Okay, so the Lord's saying to me that the foundation has been cracked. It's been fractured. It's unstable. And he is going through a process of restoring that. And he said to me, because I was praying about, Lord, what do I do? I had Ramjack. I don't know if you ever heard of them. I had them come out to check and see what's this going to cost to have it repaired. I had HOA come over and the guy said, I've never seen anything to this magnitude. Because what was like a little hairline fracture was now you could stick your finger through that crack in the wall. He said, I've never seen anything to this magnitude. 
And he said, I'm sure the HOA will help. <laughs> no, no. They sent me their covenant with a little clip and said, you're not covered. Sorry, we'd like to help, but we can't. I'm like, oh my gosh. Huh. Well, so I'm praying about it. Lord, what do I do? Do I just sell the house and tell them, you know, we'll take $10,000 off because that's what it's going to cost to make the repair? The Lord said, no, this is a prophecy and you get to walk it out. I'm like, okay. Now he took me through Ezra. He had me read Ezra. When I got through Ezra 6, let me see if I can find that. It's here somewhere. Oh, Ezra. Well, I won't find Ezra. Ezra 6.3 says that uh, it was in the time of Cyrus, and they were going to rebuild the temple. By the time I find it, I will have told you. <laughs> Anyhow, so they were going to rebuild the temple, and the Lord said that, um, here we go. Okay, he said, let the foundations of it be firmly laid, and then he gives the measurements. And I'm like, oh, wonderful. Okay, then he says, let the expenses be paid from the king's treasury. I said, oh, that means you're going to pay for it. Right, okay. But listen at this. Verse 15, this is Ezra 6:15. He says, Now the temple was finished on the third day of the month of Adar, which was in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Now that kind of struck me. I normally don't pay attention to, you know, when they give those months. But this did, and I thought, when is the third day of the month of Adar? So I looked for 2022, and it was February 4th, Bob's birthday. I'm like, oh my gosh, okay. So you see, I felt there was a significance on that day, and the Lord is saying, it's the prophets, the apostles, it's that restoration. He's restoring that foundation. There was some significance with that, and, and we did have a special meeting on Bob's birthday at the Vision Center. But God is restoring his foundation. It's been... It's been so fractured for a long time. I know the Lord told me that Bob did all he could to, uh, to restore it. But, you know, it, it takes the Lord to do it in his way. So, now, I have the young man from Ramjack out. He gives me the estimate. He tells me how bad, you know, everything really is, what they can do. And this is what he says to me. Alongside the house, right next to the house, are all these bushes. And he said, you need to have all those removed before we can start the work. And I said, okay. He said, you see, it's the roots have gone down under, you know, we just have the slab, the cement slab. The roots have gone down under your foundation, looking for nutrients and water. And it sucks everything out, and it dries out the foundation. Well, think about that. Okay, do you want to put that slide up that I had with all the names? See, we need to be, we can either be rooted in Christ or we can be rooted in the world system. I, yeah, like I said, I've never done this before, but um, if we're rooted in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit, and you receive the gifts of the Spirit which is, you know, um, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, prophecy, discerning of spirits, tongues, interpretation, faith, healings, miracles. 
fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, fivefold ministry, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And then and there's many other things, salvation, baptism, abundance of really everything, the glory of God, hope, power, holiness, truthfulness. So we're either grounded in him, right? That should be our firm foundation. You have the Holy Spirit and you get everything. Or you can be grounded in pride. That, if that is your, you know, the self-centeredness, if that's you, you can have the lying spirit, which is doubt, unbelief, deception, cowardice, hopelessness, the religious spirit, legalism, opinion, debate, judgment, criticism, lust, adultery, fornication, pornography, homosexuality, all this gender confusion, the Jezebel spirit, control, manipulation, bondage, lawlessness, perverseness, idolatry, spirit of fear, this is a biggie, anxiety, depression, panic, suicide, murder, abortion, Bob would call it a seared, having a seared conscience. I put it as, what did I, I can't read it. Oh, a deafened spirit. Yeah. So, I mean, there's all these things. So what are we rooted in? Where is our foundation? I hate to say this, but I think much of the church has been off into this. You know? I mean, I can think of myself and how the Lord's had to take me from this mindset, you know, the soul to the things of the spirit. You know, I used to work, <laughs> my first husband said, you worry, see I should have worry in there too under that spirit of fear, you worry about what you should worry about. And I did. I'd go to bed at night and wonder, what can I worry about next? You know, and I'd get up and clean. I had that, what do you call it, is it OCD or something? I don't know. I thought I needed to clean till two o'clock in the morning. You know, then I'd go to bed and get up at five. You know, so, but I was always worried. I was agreeing with the enemy, yeah. anxiety, panic, you know, a couple times I wanted to commit suicide. Can you imagine that? Yeah, so, but where's our foundation? We're either on one side or the other. So we either choose Jesus and he's our firm foundation or we choose the way of the world. So, okay. So those tap roots, well, here's, that's what they're, they're called, tap roots. Because your main, your main root, a tap root, has one main root, which our root should be Jesus Christ. And then all those other things come out, you know, the gifts of the Spirit, um, fruit of the Spirit, all those things branch out from that. Or we have, we're rooted in pride. And we will have all that other stuff, the self-centeredness. You know, is everything all about me, you know, we are supposed to prefer others first, you know, do we, or are you still thinking just about number one, okay, number one should be here, okay, so, so on my little journey with the house, um, the HOA said we'd like to help, but we can't, they showed me their covenant, and I said, thank God, we have a better covenant, right? I read through that whole covenant, word for word, and you know what? It mentioned nothing about the shrubs, the bushes. Talked about trees and talked about everything else, but no, nothing at all about the bushes. So I wrote them back and told them just what the guy told me, and I read about it. 
you know, there's roots under here, this is what's happening, and there's nothing that states that in your covenant, this needs to be taken care of. So, long story short, now this was neat too. The man came out that's going to um, remove the bushes, and we agreed by handshake as to what day he would do it, because he wanted to wait till after Christmas time. In case, this is what he said, in case the roots are wrapped around your pipes and we have a water break, then your house would be flooded. And I'm like, oh, sounds good. So, so we, on a handshake, we agreed on what day we would remove that. I said, just, just, I don't need anything in writing. Shake hands. You know, our word should be our bond, right? I don't think everything, I mean, it is today. You got to have everything legal, but anyhow, so... So they end up, they came out, no problems, they removed them. The guys came in and raised my foundation. Now, it's really amazing, that crack on the wall. I don't know what the down underneath the chair looks like. I, I haven't torn the carpet up to look. But it's, it's settling real nice, everything's moved. It's really interesting, because you could hear the house creaking. But they had to go down 10 feet on one side and 15 feet on the other to raise it up. Yeah. But, but see, this is the prophet's house, you know, and I feel that, like Lynn said, he always felt, even though Bob was a prophet, Bob had an apostolic call as well. And so it's, it's a form, it's a prophecy of the restoration of what God is doing. Now, Ecclesiastes, um, yeah, Ecclesiastes 4.12 says that we have... You know, a threefold cord is not easily broken. Okay, so who are we who are we with? Okay? When we are married, it should be if we're rooted in Christ, then it should be Jesus, the husband and the wife. Okay? In the church, I believe it should be Jesus. He is the chief cornerstone. And then you have the leadership in the body. But they're all rooted in Christ, okay? Leadership, and that's what I love about here. I mean, you guys lead, but it's, it's your whole family. I love that. I mean, I've been places where, honest, I, I can see people, you know, in the back, and, and there's just, there's not love. There's like, I'm in it for me, or like Lynn said, I'm just coming to see the speaker today, you know. Or I went to the Baptist church waiting to hear what the preacher had to say because he went to seminary, he was supposed to know what to tell me. Like, I didn't need to read the book. He got paid to do it, right? So, so I just went to here and occupy a seat and make my grocery list because I was bored. Okay, the honest, that was me. So, and you know what? What I noticed there was a lot of clicks. You know, you had, you had the little old lady clicks, so they were here. Right? I always call them the little blue-haired ladies. They were over here. And you had the wealthy ones that were here. And the men were here in the winter, but in the summer they were golfing, you know. But you had your kind of wealthier ones and your, the ones that weren't so wealthy. And I came in the back. 10.30 church started. The doors were going to close. I was walking through. Lynn knows what I'm going to say. This is the greatest compliment I ever got from anybody. 10.30 church started, so I was going through the doors. And I'd sit... Either the back row or the next to last one. So, preacher's up there, he's got his robe on, and as the doors are going to close, he's standing up there and he said, well, it must be 10.30. He, Bonnie's here. 
He said, she, she's just like Jesus. She's never early and she's never late. She's always right on time. Ah, <laughs> uh, the good old days. So, anyhow. So, okay. So we are going to be volunteers for Jesus, right? <laughs> okay. Well, let me go back to this. The threefold cord. You know what those threefold, the three cords are? There's three strands in that. There's a gold, a purple, and a white. And the gold represents the Lord. That's the glory of the Lord. And the purple is for the groom. And that's the holiness of God. And then the white is the bride. And that's the purity. And you know, we are that bride. We are his bride being adorned. Do you think about that? I better see some smiley faces. Come on. You know, when I was, I got saved when I was 11, and I heard the preacher, man, he was just, he was a little skinny guy, but just, you know, jumping up and down all the time. It was a Methodist church, and those same women got saved every Sunday. They did. <laughs> we were all going to hell, as we told, every Sunday, we were all going to hell. We're all sinners, we're all going to hell, and I, th I was scared of hell. So, anyhow, one Sunday I went up with him, with those women, they was all crying. Every Sunday they'd be there. This was a church where you couldn't wear makeup or have your hair done or, you know, jewelry, nothing. I mean, it was just, you're all going to hell if you did anything. <laughs> so, but I did hear the preacher say that Jesus was coming back for a bride. Now, I thought he meant one person, and I wanted it to be me. So, I tried, I, I got into to works then, right? Trying to do everything perfect. Instead of having an excellent spirit, I was trying to live by works, doing everything good. I was my mom's most obedient child. How's that? Because I had the fear of God and mom. <laughs> so, okay. So, how many volunteers do we have here? How many is going to volunteer for the army of God? Okay? Because that army is arising. The army is arising. And it's in this day, you know, I was saying the other day that um, it's a time of, we've been in a time of transition, right? And I think we've come out of that, we're in that transformation. There's still, God is transforming us, if we will allow him, okay? The more we resist, the longer it takes. But I think we're in that hodgepodge of being transformed. So we can go to the transfiguration. And that's his presence in us being manifest, okay? You know, when the Lord took me there, I was on that mountain twice, and there's nothing, there's nothing like it. I can say this, I didn't see anything happen, I didn't feel anything happen, but it's the most glorious place you could be, okay? God said, this is my beloved son, hear him. We need to hear what the Lord is saying and obey him. Don't obey me. Pay attention to things I'm saying because I feel God's given me things. But, you know, we need to hear him. Like I said, I listened to the Baptist preacher, and I was really disappointed. And after I got spirit-filled, I was really disappointed. I'm like, why didn't he teach us this? Well, he couldn't. He didn't know the Holy Spirit. My uncle was a, a Church of God pastor for 60 years. When I got filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, he said, it's of the devil. 
Now, my uncle was a godly man. He loved the Lord, but he just didn't know the Holy Spirit. And there's such a difference when you have the Holy Spirit in you. Like you said, you just started a fire over there in Uganda. Those people, they now know the Holy Spirit. We need that Holy Spirit. He is the teacher. He lives inside us. Okay, so we need to be paying attention to him. We need to be those volunteers today. Who is going to follow Jesus in this time, the day of his power? You know, it is a time that his power is being poured out without measure. That's a great thing, without measure. Um, I want to turn to Matthew 19... Uh, verse 27. Now, in this chapter, the Lord's talking to the rich young man, and he's like, you know, follow Jesus? Wow, you know, he's got all this stuff. Jesus tells him, <laughs> you'll have to give up everything. And you know, following Jesus will require you to give up everything. But you know what? The reward is so great. Golly. I lived in Ohio. I had like the best job you could have, wonderful benefits, house. That's the only new car I ever owned. You know, I had like everything that I could probably want, you know, if you want to put your a value on it. Um, but the Lord started pulling out all the stakes. The first husband died, then my dog died. Lynn moves away, my daughter <laughs> moved away. It's like everything like was gone. And it was just me and Jesus. And then he said, will you follow me? All right. Basically, he said, today's the day. And to give your um, resignation. And I did. And five weeks later, I was down here. I was going, you know, signed up for Morningstar School of Ministry. So, will you follow me? Did it cost me everything? Yeah, but you know what? That's okay. I end up with, he downsized me to three suitcases and a couple boxes of books. <laughs> okay, so it was no big deal. Those are just things where you could take them anyhow. But so the the young man, he kind of he just turns away. He's like, I don't know about this. What am I going to do? But Jesus, in verse twenty seven, Peter he says to the Lord, he said, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? See, he gave. All the disciples, they basically gave up everything to follow Jesus. Jesus, he says, um, Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration or the restoration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left his brothers his houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake, not for yours, but for his, they shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Now think about that. We are going to receive everything. You know, the sower of the seed, what was it? The seed fell on four different, it was the same seed, but it fell on four different types of soil. Okay? And that's people. What happens with the word? When they hear the word, they receive it. But some of them, it's going to, they're going to fall away quickly. I still believe, and it's what the Lord said to me, I, I shared Friday night. When we are born again, we need to 
be baptized immediately and filled with the Holy Spirit. And that will prevent the enemy. Because, see, when you have the Holy Spirit living in you and you go, you want to go back to your old way of whatever it was you was doing, Holy Spirit's going to convict you and say, no, you know you shouldn't do that. The devil's going to be there and say, oh, no, it's okay. Right? But Holy Spirit, greater is he who's in me than he's who's in the world, right? Uh-uh. So that's how that seed is not going to be stolen. And you're planting, you're all planting seeds, whether you know it or not. I love the scripture in um, John 4. I might just turn to there for a minute. You know, when Bob was passing during that, like that last week, the Lord kept having me read John 4. And I thought, I kind of got tired of reading John 4. But I finally got it. You know, it's a Samaritan woman. I think we all know the, the story of the Samaritan woman, how she came to the knowledge it was, that he was the Messiah. And then uh, she runs back to the village and evangelizes them, right? Okay. I love that. She's like the first evangelist in Scripture. But then the disciples, they come and they see her basically, I think they came at the time Jesus was just finishing conversation with her, and they're like, what's he doing talking to a woman in a Samaritan? <gasps> you know, oh my gosh. So, and then they say, hey, we brought you food, and he's like, uh, I don't need your food. I have food you know not of. And they're like, well, where did he go get it? How'd this happen? And he says... Verse 34, he says, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Ah. And then, now this used to confuse me, and I finally got it just a couple days before Bob passed. He says, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? And I thought, why would he say that? He's talking about food, right? He said, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Okay, so here's these disciples, and probably Peter's right in front. Okay, and they're like, where'd you get the food? Where'd you get the food? And he says, Turn, look. Now, here the Samaritan woman had gone back to her city, right? And all the people are coming out to meet Jesus. That's your harvest. And each one of you here are harvesters. You're the laborers. You know, we can't sit at home watching TV and expect to bring in the harvest. Okay? I believe there's going to be many, like you said, it's intentional if somebody comes here because it's not like downtown Charlotte and there's a, a church on every other corner. Okay? This is intentional. Somebody comes here. Are you prepared? Are you prepared in your workplace to sow a seed? It's that same seed. But what are you going to do with it? God's given us a measure, each of us, to be handing out daily. So he says, Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labors. See, I'm entering into Bob's labor now. He and Viola, 
they probably ministered, and I put her in there too. I don't think she ever got the respect or the honor that she deserved because he could not have done what he did without her, okay? He would always say, I was, I'm the front man. He was out there taking the bullets, okay? But he labored many years, sowed many seeds. I'm just here maybe watering some, okay? But we all have that. People who have gone before you. You may be the one that sows a seed. You may be the one that waters a seed. Or you may be the one that comes along and reaps the harvest. Uh, Paul, let's see, it's Paul and Apollos. And I forget where I was here. But he talks about that. There's sows, um, like people knew Paul and Paul, people knew Apollos. So who is who? Nobody gets the credit. You know, that's the thing. Nobody, if we start taking credit, then we've got our eyes going the wrong place. Okay? It has to be about Jesus. It has to be about him. Okay, I guess I wanted to share one thing. Is back to my mountains. How about that? Um, This year's shepherd's rod, the Lord showed me many mountains. And something that he said to me that mountains, the mountains had to be occupied first so that we as a body of believers can reclaim them. Okay. So these mountains, you know, we have, and I don't remember all of them. I know Lance Walno, he can rattle them off. But, you know, I know there's, you know, religion is one and uh, education and Hollywood, whatever. You know, I don't know what all of them are. But, okay, so... Government is one, and that one that I saw today, you know, James Brown, that whole thing, I felt that was probably one government being our government, but the government of God being established, okay? But that I believe that's also one mountain, and our government in this nation needs to be reclaimed. But it can't be reclaimed unless the enemy occupied it first. I know in the shepherd's rod, the Lord gave me, um, he gave me a couple visions of the soldiers on the mountains. And that they had, there was one group coming down the mountain. They had occupied that land for many, many years. And they had grown battle weary. But they were holding the ground. And they had old equipment. So they're coming down off the mountain. Going up the mountain were these awesome looking uh, tanks, but on the turret, they had the turret and they had these big, uh, what do you call them, like satellite dishes? Okay, they had the most up-to-date equipment and there were thousands of them going up this mountain. So, you know, but they were relieving these guys who had just grown battle weary. They'd been fighting the enemy. I thought that was really intercessors. They'd been fighting the battle for a long time. They didn't give up. They were holding the ground, but now the new guys have come in with the latest equipment. And you know what? We were talking about this yesterday. This is our guest speaker here on uh, our Good News Express. You know, the devil, the Bible says that he is the prince of the power of the air, right? But God wants that for himself. And you know what? The internet can be used for good or for evil. And I believe that he's doing a turnaround, a restoration in that, too. Because listen to the testimony David's given about Uganda. 
and, and spreading. And he, he spoke a word today for China. I believe that. And we can use, we can use our mouth to bless or curse. We can use those, instead of doing, I don't do that social media thing. I mean, I have to do these videos because the Lord has asked me to do them. But I'm using that for good. But a lot of people use it for a lot of different reasons, okay? We want to take these mountains for the Lord. As he is holy, like the banner says, as he is holy, we are to be holy. And come into the holiness of God. Okay, children. Anything else I need to cover, Lord? I think, I think I'm okay. I just pray for each one of you. Today and those that are listening online. I pray that you would know the fear of the Lord. That you would come into the presence of God and know his holiness. You cannot stand in the presence of God without knowing his fear. And everything within you tremble. He is a holy God. And I pray that each and every one of us know and understand the holiness of the presence of God. So we can walk in victory in Jesus Christ giving all glory, all honor, all praise unto him. For it's unto him that we live. He is the ultimate gift to all mankind. I pray that there is no lack in anyone's life, spiritually, physically. Lord, if there's here, those here today that need healing in their body, Lord, I just ask you, we don't need to lay hands on people. It's the power of the word. Let that power touch them, Lord, and heal their bodies. For those who are lacking in finances, Lord, I ask you to pour out an abundance, not just a little bit. I just pray for everyone's mind to be renewed to that of Jesus Christ and know that he is a supplier of all of our needs. That when we pray that we would have faith and not doubt. And Lord, I just pray that each one would enter into a time of communion with you. That they would examine their heart and let you examine their heart and turn over everything that needs to be turned over to you, Lord. So they can fully fully their foundation be restored Lord I take serious the list that you gave me and I pray that they do as well because we're either for you or we're against you and Lord this being 220 in the day of your power Father, from this place, let each one be endued with power from on high and walk in your presence and release your power to others. Oh, Lynn just sent me a thing here. 220 is power for major appliances. <laughs> You, and 77 years ago, since Iwo Jima.
That's a long time ago. You know, those soldiers, those Marines, they gave their, their life, three of them. There were six soldiers that held that American flag that day. There was actually two flags that day that were placed. The first one was small. The second one they put on pipes, Japanese pipes that they found and attached to the backs of those two men to carry up that mountain to place that huge flag. And when the smoke cleared, they could see it. They could see it far and wide. America the Great. God, what have we done in this nation? Forgive us. Forgive us, Father, for we have sinned against you. We have turned our backs on you. We've killed our babies. We've loved unnaturally. We have turned our back on you, God. Father, forgive us. Just forgive us, God, of all of our unrighteous deeds and acts. Forgive us as leaders of the greatest nation on this earth. We have great spiritual roots and we've turned our back on our forefathers and what they did for us. People died that we could live. And we have just abandoned our roots. As this nation, God, we have stood guilty and we stand guilty of pride. Pride in the greatest degree. Father, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for walking in pride and taking you for granted instead of giving you the honor and the glory and the praise that you deserve and only you deserve. Okay, children. I bless you all as you leave and return to your homes today. Be blessed in all that you put your hands to and do it all to the glory of God. Speak to others in love, okay? Because greater love has no one. Look, Jesus gave his, his life, his love for us, right? Do all things in love, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.